I'm Spade Robinson, and this is Storyteller Therapy. Can I just tell you how happy I am that we're about to have this conversation today? Because it's our lives. It's my life. It's your life. It's These are my clients' lives. It's not everyone in the whole wide world's lives, but it's a lot of us. And you can tell by the title of this episode that today we're going to be talking about what you should be doing before you quote unquote make it. Obviously, we're going to be unpacking the fact that making it is an illusion, but we all know the reality that we live in. We all have a benchmark for what that looks like for us. And sometimes it can feel like things have not started. In particular, your life has not started or your career has not started until you reach that benchmark. So we're going to unpack some of those things today and hopefully set you free. Before we jump into all of that, I want to check in with you guys. There's been so many interesting things that you guys have been watching. I appreciate all the shout outs for everybody who got in touch with me last week about watching Golden Girls. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a good thing. Check it out. This week, I want to talk about a film that I watched recently called Good Time. If you're not familiar with it, it's a feature fiction film directed by the brothers Benny and Josh Safdie. It's written by Ronald Bronstein and Josh Safdie, and it stars Robert Pattinson and Benny Safdie. Good Time is about a bank robber who spends the night trying to free his mentally ill brother from being sent to Rikers Island Prison. It's one of those all over the course of a night thriller, very intense movies. It's an amazing, amazing performance by Robert Pattinson. Everyone's talking about it. But I think what really stood out to me about this film is how well the characters are written and portrayed. It's directed very, very well. It's just a character study. Above the look and feel of it and the the thrill of watching it and how well it's put together. It's really a character study on this guy. And when we get down to his philosophy at the very end of the film with the scene in the apartment, he's talking to another guy. There's a scene where there's this judgment coming out and you get a sense of, it's very clear what his own personal code is. I mean, every character has a personal code and I talk to my clients a lot about what's the personal code for your main character or your character that you're writing right now? Because when you figure out what makes them them in terms of the things that they will or won't do based on their personal code, you really crafted a person. And I think sometimes if you don't have the same personal code as your character, it's difficult to really puncture that and get into that and embody that character. But it's something that, You should really investigate. So when you're going towards writing your script and you're finding yourself unable to embody a character in the way that you want to, take some time and write out what you think their personal code is. What's the code they live by or try to live by? And how does this story complicate that, illustrate that, or contradict that? If you can do that, then I think that you can get to know your characters a lot better and therefore your script will be better. So let's jump right on into our therapy session. What do you should be doing before you quote unquote make it? I think I'm going to say those quotes every single time because saying quote unquote is just really fun. This is a lot of like mindset work, but I promise you it's fun mindset work. The first thing that we want to do is change the mindset around timeline. Everybody always says things like, it's just not your season or, you know, everything happens when it's supposed to happen or what's for you is for you. And these are all things that I believe to the help. I believe them. However, I think that 
The advice one of my bosses gave me is the perfect example of understanding this. So my boss and I were talking about relationship, romantic relationships one day. And I was single at the time. And she, I think, was you know recently married. And she was saying that everyone was asking her, why are you getting married so late in life? Like, what's happening? You know, why are you waiting so long to get married? And she said, I'm not waiting a long time to get married. I'm just skipping my first bad marriage. I will never, ever forget that. Because at the time, I was single, but I also wasn't like looking to be in a relationship, but I was looking to jumpstart my career. And it revolutionized the way I thought about it because I realized that I had not been living long enough to understand the breadth of people's careers. It's the same thing in relationships. Everybody gets married, at least for the most part, with intentions on being married until they die. And then, you know, you look back, you know, a decade in, you see that some of your friends are still married. Some of your friends are not married. And some of your friends are like hanging on by the, you know, chin of their chinny chin chin. And that's just what it is. In order to create that shift around when something supposedly should be happening in in your life, you really have to expand the idea of the timeline and realize that the timeline of your life and the timeline of the world work that you're going to do in your life are about the same, sort of like after you become an adult. Um, And everyone doesn't start in this business when they become an adult, so people start much earlier. But after you become an adult, there's so many years, unless you die early, in which case then you're gone. But if you are still here, there are so many years and so many things to be done. And everything is additive. Nothing is subtracting. I don't think that's a word. But nothing takes away. Everything adds. Just like time and days. Like there are no days that go back and undo a day. That doesn't exist. days just keep coming. Your life is the same way. Your life just keeps coming. So there's nothing that happens, even if it feels that way, that takes away something else. The only thing that can happen in your life is that your experiences add onto who you are and, and complicate who you are. I hope that's clear because basically what I'm saying is for the vast majority of you, you have not been living long enough to understand the context of your life in relationship to your career. You just haven't been living long enough to see it. You haven't been living long enough to see how other people's careers pan out over time. And you haven't been living long enough to see how your career has panned out over time. And you have not been living long enough for the most of you to see how what has happened in your life has impacted the stories that you are going to tell, how well you're going to tell them, and and what kind of way that those stories are going to engage with the world, either financially or rewards wise, like in any aspect. You just have not been living long enough to see. Unless you're like 89 and three quarters, then you've probably seen pretty much how things are going to pan out in other people's lives, and you've pretty much seen how things have panned out in your life up until that point with the vast majority of those things having already happened. But if you're not in that place, then allow yourself to realize that you just don't know. Hopefully that gives you a little bit of freedom. It's more beneficial to trust the stuff of your life right now is something that will propel you whether it feels like it or not. The second part of that is that there's an illusion that once you get to the quote unquote make it place, that your life will be better. I really hope for you, I hope and wish for you that there are aspects of your life that you won't have to worry about anymore, that you will be thinking about different things, but you will always be thinking about things and you will always have 
problems, issues, trials, tribulations, you know, relationship stuff and time management, like all the stuff that is in your life now, you're going to be navigating it in a different way and perhaps navigating it in a quote unquote different level maybe. But there is no better time in your life than right now. Like life doesn't get better. Life is a benign thing. Life is just time. It's a combination of time. It's like time put together equals your life. And then you are in it. You have consciousness in it. You're aware of it because you're alive. The thing that it just is, is 99% of those things around you, you have very little control over. You have control over yourself. And you may become a more sophisticated, more nuanced, more complex, more beautiful person. But life around you is just life around you. It doesn't get better than this. This is it. This is your life. It is happening to you right now. As you're listening to this, as I'm talking to you, it is happening. And if you cannot learn to be content here, then there is no magical place where you will then be content. It does not work that way because whenever you get there, you're still going to be you. You're not going to divorce yourself and then show up as another person and you will be with you. You have to take you wherever you go. And if you are a person who has not figured out contentment with your life, then you will be that same person there. I know it doesn't feel like it, does it? It sounds like, yeah, 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 yeah. But me at a million dollars is a lot more content. That's an illusion. Ask people with a million dollars. They will tell you. It can seem sad, but don't fall for that. The truth is, is that if it doesn't get any better than where it is right now, then I better learn how to love this, how to love this, how to love this, how to love me in this, which brings us to the next point. Maintain your relationships. Success is relative to how you think it will make you feel. Meaning part of the reason why you have put your life on hold or put your emotional life on hold, or you're like (laughs) panting and in desperation to find the level of success that you're looking for is because you have told yourself a story that it is going to feel a certain way once you get there. I don't know what it's going to feel like when you get there. All I know is that you're going to be there with you. So your mindset now is going to also be in that place. But the people in your life can help you cultivate the thing that you want to feel. You don't have to wait until you get there to feel how you want to feel. You can feel that now. And a big part of that is cultivating your relationship. One of my biggest hopes and wishes for everyone is to have a tribe. And if you're in this business, a tribe is imperative. You cannot do this alone. And in the event that there's some part of art that you can do alone, I don't think that is life in the best way. So maintaining your relationships mean that even though you're super busy and you're hustling and you're grinding and you're out doing your thing and you have your writing schedule and then you have your writer's group and then you have your short film that you're fundraising for and then you're cold calling from nine to 12. Like even though you have all of that, you have to carve out time to cultivate the relationship in your life and to make the people in your life feel special and important and wanted because, because you need that for a rich life. And waiting until you get to a certain point where you feel like you're going to have time to brunch and money to buy wedding gifts and all of that is too late. It's too late because life would have happened. And not saying that that's not right around the corner for you. It's just kind of when things start to get even busier. Now is the time to make the people in your life feel important because you need that relationship fulfillment, I think, to honestly make you a better storyteller. What are you writing stories about? Um, And two, to make your life full, to sustain you in this particular season before you get there, to grow the capacity to give emotionally. So a lot of us, and we'll talk about this a little more in the next 
next couple of steps. But a lot of us feel like, well, once I make it, I'm going to have the money to do all this philanthropic work. But the truth is, there's a lot of emotional work that your life calls for. Your spouse, your nieces, your mom, your people, your girlfriends. When's the last time you saw your girls? When's the last time you hung out with your brothers? And not just been around people, but gave emotionally. It's important to be there for other people, to be vulnerable with and for other people, to cry with other people, to be in a situation that's not about you. That's imperative. I can't get over how imperative that is. So you need to be carving out time to make sure that there are people in your life that you are there for and that you're cultivating those relationships and that they aren't just one-sided, which coincidentally brings us to number three. Don't wait to start doing good. First of all, those who need help can't wait for you to quote unquote make it. And you can't wait to be fulfilled in the way that giving back gives to you. It makes you a whole person and you need that to be a great storyteller and have a full life once you quote unquote make it, once you get there to sort of like have those muscles built up and working and strong. You know how people say having a dog brings out the best version of you so everybody should have a dog or something like that. It's the same thing about finding a way to give back and pour into other people's lives. And I mean, not necessarily the relationships that you're cultivating that are in your personal life, but these are outside of your personal sphere of people you know and love. So this is, you know, strangers, I'm going to be a big sip or I'm going to be, even though I don't know a whole lot, I'm still going to mentor someone or take a Saturday and volunteer. Or I know this lady in my neighborhood, I'm just going to go see her. She's just lonely. And every time I come by, I can't ever leave because she just needs company. I'm just going to cook something and go over. You need that. And people need that. I think the problem with a lot of writers I run into is that these rich experiences that they want to write about, they don't know anything about them. So it's a very like projectorial idea of like what this looks like. This like really the idea of like this extreme love affair and you read about it and it's intense, but it's not really based. I'm like, I don't understand why they like each other. I I mean, I get that they do and I see that they do all these dramatic things to prove it. I just don't, I don't get it. It's because you've never been in love before. It's because it's like, there's no way around experiencing that. So if you want to make movies that draw this feeling out of people, then you live a life that does the same thing. And giving back is part of that. That should be a part of your life before you quote unquote make it. I think it's something that will keep you occupied. It's something that makes you extremely grateful for where you are. And it shifts your perspective in a way that is helpful and healthy for this season in your life. The fourth one is drain yourself of desperation. Desperation is so unattractive in literally every aspect of life. It's unattractive. Once you drain yourself of desperation, it's something that helps you make better decisions once you get to this quote-unquote made it phase. Essentially, the entire (laughs) thing is something that convinces you of your own unworthiness. And we feel that like (laughs) feeling because we've bought into the fact that we aren't worthy enough. And so this needs to happen now so that no one will notice how not dope I am. It's weird because we don't think of it that way. We're just like, I deserve to be here and I need to call this person so I can pick their brain and have this lunch with this person. If I could just get close to this person, they could hear my project. And it puts you in the thing where you're looking for somebody to buy 
you by this concept. But the truth is, is that you have so much to offer, so much to offer. You are so amazing. You are so dope. You are so smart. You're so creative. You're interesting and you're quirky and you're a little off and you're you're just awesome. When you shift that dynamic, it's something that people pick up on and either turns them off or people who are not right. It makes them want to take advantage. And then that kind of thing sours you and makes you feel even more. (laughs) It creates more space between you and where you want to go, actually. In order to drain yourself of desperation, one of the things that you have to do is constantly create all the time and not attach what you create to opportunity. I know it's really hard. Especially if you need to make money or if you feel like time is running out. All these things, these narratives that you're telling yourself that are not necessarily true, but that you're living out. But if you can detach an intended outcome from the function of creating, you get to know yourself a lot more as an artist and you can buy into your own dopeness. So when you present yourself or when the opportunities present themselves, you're a lot more confident and you've taken that unhealthy anticipation out of your work because you're busy doing things. People know that you're busy doing things because you're always doing things. And nobody can make you feel that you can't survive or do this without them because you know you can. So just to recap that, because that was a lot. In order to drain yourself of desperation, constantly create and detach what that thing absolutely has to do in the world in order for this to be worth it. It's worth it because you're worth it, because self-discovery is worth it, because art in itself is worth it, because experiences of working with your friends and meeting somebody you really vibe with and working together over and over, all of that is worth it. And I promise all of that is useful and beneficial in both your life and your career. It's just that If you haven't seen that come to fruition yet, then you have not been living long enough for your story to see that come to pass. Which brings us to the last step, which is to believe in your genius. This helps you not to compromise artistically and in other ways. So when you do, quote unquote, make it, your work will be stronger and distinctive. So this is not about the whole like, oh, well... If you believe in your genius, you won't sleep with this person. I I mean, I guess, you know, like, I guess that goes without saying at this point. If that serves you, sure. But what I'm talking about is in the artistic realm, when you took that time to drain yourself of desperation and you got to the point where you believe in your own genius, it doesn't matter how much money is on the table. You're not going to be stupid, hopefully. You will make good business decisions and you won't be so precious about your work that you aren't able to make fiscally responsible decisions. But artistically, you will know what to hold on to and what not to hold on to. And that is what makes your work stronger and more distinctive. That's what creates sustainability in your career once you do get there. And it also builds confidence and attracts support. Really plain way to say it is when you believe your own genius, nobody can trick you into making mediocre work because it may seem like an opportunity to make mediocre work is the first opportunity you've ever had and you need to take it. But at the end of the day, you need to be thinking about the breadth of your career. Part of this whole thing about what to do before you quote unquote make it is about 
about understanding that I believe that you will absolutely get where you want to go or get to the best place for you as an artist. I believe that about you. I believe that for you. And because it will happen, what needs to happen immediately after is that you need to have then a sustainable career. And in order to have a sustainable career, you do these things before you get there so that you have the muscle to stay there. And my last tip for that is to hold on to your own genius as an artist and be flexible and be collaborative, but uncompromising when it comes to your artistic integrity. Because being distinctive is what creates sustainability in your career. And you need to have that and know that before you sort of hit that stage that we are all talking about. So hopefully now you are willing to relinquish and let go of the idea of there being a quote unquote made it because you know that there's an entire lifetime of work that you are creating now and you're going to be creating in terms of passing that place on the timeline that you've had in mind for a very long time, going through the these steps will hopefully prepare you in a way that once you arrive and as you're passing that place, you are confident and comfortable and lead a very full life and have the support that you need and have the love and respect for yourself that you need in order to sustain your career and just be a happy person, which I think is the goal. I think that's why we desire the success. We believe it will make us happy. But again, that's not something you have to wait for. And then once you do get to this quote unquote made it place, it's something that you will be able to sustain and keep. So with that said, I want to just give you a a short update. This will not be happening for a long time. This is for limited time only, but I am still taking screenwriters for the mini consultations. I will leave the link in the show notes so you can register for that mini consultation. Essentially what it is, is a 20 minute phone call where we get on the phone and we talk about your project and where you are in your process and you talk about your story and what is holding you back potentially and making the most compelling version of that story and with that I will come up with some things that I think will support you moving forward and if you want to work with me for it we'll do that but if not what I'll have is homework assignments or things that you can do to push you to the next level because that is what we are all about over here. So this is what I have for homework. This is a two-part homework project. The first part is I really want you to call somebody you have not called in a very long time or talked to in a long time, someone who you used to be close with and nothing happened, you just sort of drifted apart. But if you can carve out a good 45 minutes and give them a call, I think that's something emotionally that will feed you. And I also think that something emotionally, hopefully, that will feed them, which is what this is about. It's not about you filling them in or everything that's been going on with you, but it's about you hearing about what's happening with them and figuring out if there's a way you can support them. And then the second thing is, if there are volunteer opportunities in your community, I would like for you to sign up for one thing, a one-day thing, not a long commitment, just a one-day thing. Okay, that's my homework for you guys. Have a great week. Bye-bye.